Hello, it's David Chapin. Welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. Before we jump into week six, just want to say rest in peace to Dick Buckus, legendary Chicago Bears linebacker. Died at age 80 last Thursday. He was all Chicago and an exemplary Chicago Bear. Was from the city, played college football at Illinois, all nine NFL seasons for the Bears. Member of the NFL Decades teams of the 60s and 70s as well as the NFL 100th anniversary team. You probably heard the Buckus Award in college football goes to the most outstanding linebacker in the nation each year and widely considered the gold standard at middle linebacker in making it sort of an iconic type of position on defense. So he will be missed by the NFL family, and I'm sure that the Bears were very happy to get a win on Thursday night after learning the news of his death. And we'll get to Chicago a little more in a bit as we go through the Week 6 matchups. First, real quick, because we want to hit on all 32 teams as usual. Just two teams on a bye this week. Steelers and Packers. Pittsburgh, it wasn't pretty, but a typical Ravens-Steelers type of game. Defense made plays. TJ Watt sealed the win, basically. And again, as they did at the end of last season, to make a playoff push, finish above 500. In close games, Kenny Pickett is finding a way to make plays. Hit George Pickens on a deep ball touchdown for the go-ahead score in the fourth. And Mike Tomlin team, simply not the groups to count out. And then the Packers lost on Monday night in Vegas. Tough loss, four-point loss. Had a chance at the end with the ball. The drive ended on, I guess, time was sort of running out, and Jordan Love took a shot to the end zone. Was intercepted, his third interception of the game. The first one was bad to Robert Spillian, just didn't see him in coverage, and the receiver behind him wasn't open at all either. Second one tried to force it in, and Marcus Peters deflected a pass, and it was intercepted again by Spillane. And then again, the third one, sort of desperate at the end a little bit. But as Matt LaFleur said, they knew there'd be growing pains with love. And we're sort of seeing that. And the progression he's able to make this season is likely to determine a young team, but a talented roster, how far they can go. Now to this week's schedule. Kicks off tonight, Thursday Night Football. Broncos at Chiefs. Kansas City, they beat the Vikings last week in Minnesota. Travis Kelsey left briefly with, I don't even know what type of injury it was, but it seemed a little more serious, I guess, than it turned out to be, obviously. He returned to play. List is questionable, but obviously he's going to play tonight against the Broncos. And Casey now at 4-1. One of two four-win teams in the AFC, along with the Dolphins. So they've bounced back from the week one loss in the season opener to the Lions. Defense remains underrated. And yeah, the offense can find its footing still the past game with the rotation at receiver. But they'll be near the top of the standings again and in the mix for the top seed in the AFC again at the end of the season, you would think. For Denver, the nightmare continues from last season. Now the beginning of this year with Sean Payton clearly not going as expected. One and four in a tough division. Lost to the Jets, a game I'm sure that Sean Payton wanted to win badly. Parted ways with Randy Gregory last week in a trade with the Niners. Looks set to part ways with Frank Clark, their other edge rusher they went after in the offseason after signing Gregory two years ago. Rumors are there could be more trades on defense. We'll see if they can somehow make tonight. Close at Arrowhead. They get Javante Williams back at running back. Greg Dulcich expected back at tight end. 
he's an athletic playmaker that I think could do some damage. Now that he's back on the field, hopefully he can stay healthy with his hamstring issues. But yeah, going to be tough tonight. And I saw this the first time that Patrick Mahomes is facing the 32nd ranked defense. So it could get ugly, but these divisional games could potentially be closer than anticipated. Despite dominance for KC in the series, I think they've won 15 straight over Denver. The third and final London game of the year. Again, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Ravens face the Titans a bit quietly in recent years. Pretty good rivalry in the AFC between Baltimore and Tennessee. Two tough teams like to play physical, especially in the past for Baltimore, one to run the ball. Titans, obviously, they ideally want to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Both coming off divisional losses, so both determined. I think we should see a really good game. Ravens had a few drop touchdowns last week by a few different players. So we'll need to see more focus there from the receiving group. And again, for the Titans, the key is getting Henry going. That's been the case through each of the first five games. And Baltimore, of course, knows that. And again, should be a good matchup to win the London games for this season. The Commanders face the Falcons. 2-3 and three versus 3-2. Washington, not much to say. It was basically embarrassed at home. Doubled up by the Bears, who were 0-4 and looked like the clear worst team in the league last Thursday night. Threw 55 straight passes. Did the Commanders, so that was a bit crazy. And despite that, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dawson didn't really get going. Weren't heavily involved. Despite ultimately putting up good numbers, statistically, like yards-wise, Sam Howell didn't really play well. Defense definitely didn't play well. Not getting contributions from the rookie class yet. And new team owner, part owner, Magic Johnson was not happy. He tweeted his thoughts, or he posted on X his thoughts in in the aftermath of the loss. And pressure is definitely on there. Winnable game against the Falcons. Atlanta wants to play in grind-it-out type close games. Won that stop game last week against the Texans. Bajon Robinson had another sick highlight play. Basically caught pass one-handed on his hip and did a juke move at the same time near the goal line and scored. Desmond Ritter ran for a touchdown earlier in the game. Defense played with energy. Again, should be a close one here too for a promising week six schedule, I think, to hopefully have a lot of close games. Divisional matchup, Vikings face the Bears, both one and four. Again, Chicago coming off that first one of the season last Thursday night at Washington. DJ Moore had well over 200 yards, three touchdowns. Totally went off. Justin Fields looked better as a passer. Granted, it's been a lot easier. Guys more wide open the past two games against the Broncos and Commanders. And I'm anxious to see how he fares against the highly aggressive defense led by Vikings defensive coordinator Brian Flores. I think they're blitzing. I haven't seen the numbers, but I think they're blitzing way more than anyone in the league, it seems like. Came after Mahomes a ton last week. Didn't do a bad job defensively. 27 points in a 27-20 loss. But now Minnesota is without all-pro receiver Justin Jefferson for at least four games due to a hamstring injury. Sounds like he might miss more than that. They're going to make sure he's definitely 100%. He's still doing a new contract. Unless they go on a run soon, they could potentially be sort of out of the playoff picture by the time he's eligible to return after four games. Something to watch and their team to watch with the trade deadline. But as head coach Kevin O'Connell said, they do have playmakers still. 
traded for TJ Hawkinson and gave him the biggest contract ever for a tight end in the past year. Drafted Jordan Addison first round. KJ Osborne can make plays. And maybe they'll run more with Alexander Mattison, Cam Akers, Ty Chandler mixing in with Jefferson out. Seahawks face the Bengals. Seattle coming off their bye at 3-1 in a good spot. They can't avoid sort of a lackadaisical most performance like what happened in week one. I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll be ready to go on the road against the Bengals. They're three-point underdogs. I don't think he meant much by it, just showing confidence in his teammate, but DK Metcalf pretty much said how good Jamar Chase is. Chase went off for over 200 yards, three touchdowns last week, but Metcalf said he likes uh, his rookie teammate Devin Witherspoon's chances of winning a matchup against Chase. I don't think he's going to shadow Chase or anything, but I guess Chase has seen that and might have a little extra motivation. Something to watch after the connection between Chase and Joe Burrow got going, and Burrow seems healthier than he has been with the calf issue, can move around a little bit more. I was able to do that last week, including a great deep ball to Chase for a 60-something-yard touchdown. And again, that should be a good one. And the Bengals, 2-3. and three. Nobody really separating in the AFC. Again, just the two 4-1 teams. So like last season with their slower start, they should be able to put it behind them and be competitive. Niners face the Browns. San Fran totally dominated last Sunday night against the Cowboys. George Kittle scored three touchdowns. Brock Purdy threw four. Hopefully things are changing and people start respecting Purdy for how well he's played. Not that he's not in an ideal situation in that offense, but I mean, give him credit for the way he's played. That said, this should be a pretty tough matchup against a good Browns defense. Cleveland at 2-2, two and two, coming off their bye. Deshaun Watson missed week four due to a shoulder injury. Didn't practice yesterday. We'll see what happens there. I'm anticipating that he won't play. Still a few days to go, though. And if he doesn't start, it won't be Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie this time. It'll be P.J. Walker, who has starting experience. Either way, no matter Watson plays, whoever plays a quarterback, it's going to be a tough task offensively for Cleveland. And they'll definitely need their own defense to make plays and try to keep this close against the Niners. Saints face the Texans. New Orleans, they blew out New England in Foxborough last week. Tyron Matthew had an early pick six. Offense took care of the ball. Alvin Kamara has played well in his two games back so far. They have firepower on offense, New Orleans, but they could play more of a ball control game and don't turn it over and play to their defense. A similar style for the Texans right now. CJ Stroud still hasn't thrown an interception as a rookie. Though they lost last week, defense, they're playing fast under D'Amico Ryans. Should be another close game, another game I like on the schedule this week. Intriguing matchup between a 3-2 NFC team and a 2-3 AFC team. The Colts face the Jaguars, AFC South battle, both 3-2. Jacksonville coming off two straight wins in London, including a huge win over the Bills. They seem to step up against the greater competition, Jacksonville. Defense plays with an edge. Underrated unit, good against the run. They already beat Indian Week 1. Calvin Ridley got off to a hot start in that game. Travis Etienne played great against Buffalo. Had a couple of touchdowns, over 100 yards on the ground. And it was funny, he posted on X after that he played himself in fantasy football with the crying emoji. But it's good to see there was some concern for me that I like Tank Bigsby too, but that Bigsby, when he was drafted in the third, might take a lot of work from Etienne. But They've treated ETN as sort of a workhorse, had 26 carries last week. 
And I love that. Get the ball in his hands. A ton. He's a dynamic talent and can run tough between the tackles too, despite his speed and athleticism. Jag Drundy will probably be tested this week facing the Colts. Jonathan Taylor only played, I think it was 10 snaps in his season debut last week after a sur- surprise return with the big contract following the contentiousness over the summer. But Zach Moss went off against the Titans, broke a long touchdown run. Also had well over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns. And he should and I think will remain involved in offense for the Colts and Shane Steichen's attack. But we'll likely see more Taylor. And that'll be a good matchup, the run game of Indy against that Jaguars run defense. Unfortunately, the Colts are without Anthony Richardson for at least a month. Sounds like potentially a month or two with the AC joint injury in his right throwing shoulder. He's now been injured two times in four starts, so that's not good to see. He's so athletic that he can run around and make plays, but hopefully it'll be a good learning experience and maybe he'll protect himself a little more. The Panthers face the Dolphins. I mentioned the Bears is looking like the worst team in the league ahead of last week. I guess you could say the Panthers definitely have a case for that. They're now 0-5, the only winless team in the league. It's been tough on Bryce Young. Offensive line hasn't been good. Defense was lit up by the lines last week. I guess you can appreciate the honesty. might have been too much, though. Similar to Ron Rivera in Washington, really, with comments to the media. Head coach Frank Reich said that owner David Tepper is more involved, and it's not always fun. His meetings with him, obviously with the team not doing well, but maybe something that could have been kept in-house with those meetings not being fun and about his involvement compared to the other owners. And yeah, a lot of work to do in Carolina. For Miami, unfortunately lost rookie running back Devin Achon for at least four games because of a knee injury. He's been placed on IR. The hope is he'll be back after the bye and after these four games. But he's just been insane. 12.1 yards per carry. I think he's second in the league in rushing. Didn't even play to begin the season much. It's been really the past three games just Tilly going off, breaking long runs. Doesn't even look like he's trying to run fast, and he just coasts almost like a Chris Johnson type. At least Miami should get Jeff Wilson back from IR. Has been out the first five games. And he'll pair with Raheem Mostert for a 4-1 team as 13.5-point favorites at home this week. Should be able to take care of business. And I want to note how head coach Mike McDaniel for Miami he. It's definitely, he sounds like he's high on Bryce Young's talent level. And I think the talk of Young being a bust or the Panthers making a dumb pick, selecting him first, I think we should slow down a little bit on that and let him play more than a few games and maybe get some more help around him. Now it's a late afternoon games on Sunday. There's four of them. Patriots face the Raiders. These two teams played last year in the crazy game with the Jacoby Myers lateral. Ended in a win for the Raiders. Now Myers plays for Vegas. Similar contract to what Juju Smith-Schuster got with New England, and Juju hasn't really performed much to this point, although just about everyone on the Patriots' offense is struggling. They're now 1-4. Followed up their worst loss ever two weeks ago with a 34-0 home loss. So, yeah, being outscored 72-3 past two games, people are calling for Bill Belichick to be fired. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think maybe they need more help with personnel. They've certainly, just saying this unbiasedly, have had some blunders with personnel on offense in particular in recent years. Really, even when the end, when Tom Brady was there, 
the receiving group just hasn't been explosive or threatening to opposing defenses enough. And that paired with the offensive line, basically they don't have the talent to make up for how poor the offensive line is playing. And I think they just need to get Reminder Stevenson and Zeke going, run the ball, try to get into third in manageable situations, and play to the defense despite its injuries, can play at a high level under Belichick. In Vegas at 2-3, and three, the schedule sets up nicely on paper. Not that that means too much, but they can go on a run, be competitive. I don't think Devontae Adams will be traded. He likes it in Vegas. He was happy to get a win against his former team in what was a friendly reunion last Monday night. As Troy Aikman sort of indicated during the broadcast, Jimmy Grappo is still getting somewhat acclimated to Josh McDaniel's offense, different than Shanahan's attack that he's played under the past handful of years. And I think that'll help cut down on the occasional poor decision he's made that's led to several interceptions already this season. And again, I said the run game was showing signs a couple of weeks ago, and it's definitely gotten back on track more. And that's helped take pressure off the pass game and the defense and everyone. The Lions face the Bucks in Tampa, 4-1 Lions, 3-1 Tampa Bay. Bucks coming off the bye. I want to see if the Bucks are able to get the run game going more as they return to action. Hopefully Mike Evans is good from his hamstring issue. Defense quietly won the NFL's best, I think. The matchup between Todd Bowles and the Detroit offense is a fun one to me. And we'll see if they can fare better than they did a few weeks ago against the Eagles, one of the other top teams in the NFC. As Tampa looks to show, they can compete. For the Lions, didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs due to injuries last week. Didn't stop Jared Goff from totaling four touchdowns. I like that GM Brad Holmes has spoken emphatically in the media about how happy he is with golf at quarterback and stating factually that it wasn't just a throw-in to get him and he wasn't just a bridge quarterback. And people are really having no choice but to respect golf's game, which should have been the case for years. I've talked about it before. Went into New Orleans, won an NFC Championship game against that crazy crowd. Could barely hear. Was still delivering strikes in the pocket. Not sure where the narrative came from that He's bad or whatever, whatever the geniuses in sports media say. Looking like they might get St. Brown back this week after he missed the one game. And yet another good matchup, I think, for week six. Cardinals face the Rams. AFC West battle. Cardinals lost by 14 in the Bengals last week. Probably their worst performance of the season. But still, you've got to admire the job they've done so far. Unfortunately, James Conner's out at least four games due to an injury. We've seen a lot of injuries this season. And guys going on IR and Connors, one of them, Keontae Ingram and Amari DiMercato, rookie from TCU, will pick up the slack during Connors' absence. We'll see how they try to contain Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and the Rams' offense this week. For LA, they started really strong against the Eagles last week. Cup looks like his normal self in his debut from the hamstring injury that forced him to miss the first four games. But then the Eagles took control in the final 30 minutes. Didn't let the Rams pass the 50-yard line. They didn't have many opportunities. But even at 2-3, and three, I think LA could definitely make a push for a wildcard spot in the NFC. And they could be in the mix for a trade, I think, at some point. With, obviously, an aging quarterback in Matthew Stafford. And maybe they think they can make a run this year. The Eagles face the Jets. Philadelphia, one of the two 5-0 teams in the league. 
along with the Niners. Jalen Hurts totally took over last week, had nearly 400 yards of total offense, over 70 yards rushing, an exceptional third down conversion with his legs, where he had like four defenders in front of him and just shed tackles. Looked like he almost got hurt on it. Thankfully, he was fine. With the elite offensive line, elite quarterback, elite talent at receiver, Devontae Smith hasn't even got going that much. Dallas Goddard at tight end had his biggest game of the season after a quiet start to the year last week. There's a lot of talk about how Kenneth Gainwell, now the backup running back to DeAndre Swift, shouldn't see the field much, but he contributed last week, converted to key first down, good pass protector, reliable receiver. And I do like seeing him on the field mixing in with Swift. I think he's a contributor, even if he's not as dynamic or flashy as Swift is. And the defense, Hassan Reddick, he started the year with a thumb issue. Might have limited him some in terms of his effectiveness. He looked good last week. They'll look to get after the Jets on Sunday. They've never lost to the Jets in the history of the series. New York could be a different team now with Brees Hall fully unleashed last week. Went off against Denver, looking like he did as a rookie, breaking long runs. This week will be a tougher task facing Philadelphia's run defense with Jordan Davis and company. And it was cool to see them rally around Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinator, getting the win over the Broncos. And unfortunately, it wasn't as highly anticipated with both teams juggling, but still a heated matchup, I guess, between Denver and New York. And they'll need to avoid a letdown facing one of the best teams in the league this week. As good the schedule is this week, the Sunday Night Football doesn't look great. Giants against the Bills, 14-point favorites in Buffalo. I think we'd chalk up the Bills' loss, or at least their slow start last week to the Jaguars, to arriving in London, while Jacksonville got to stay there for two weeks. Couldn't overcome the slow start. Josh Allen underthrew a deep ball slightly, but Stephon Diggs had a jump ball situation and surprisingly didn't win it, normally would, late in the game. Ultimately could not stage the comeback. But again, I don't think we want to panic or look too much into the loss to the Jags. Could hurt with playoff seeding, but I don't think anyone denies the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. And the bigger story might be that linebacker Matt Milano looks like he's done for the year due to a leg injury, and that's a week after losing Tredavious White to an Achilles. Two extremely big losses for the Bills' defense. And we'll see if general manager Brandon Bean maybe hits the trade market and tries to beef up the defense with two key losses. Having 2022 first round corner Matt Elam step up would be big if he can progress and be a strong contributor at corner. But I wouldn't be shocked if, I mean, I like their offense. Gabe Davis, I think he scored in four straight games or maybe just four touchdowns this year as the number two to Stephon Diggs. Dalton Kincaid's going to do more and more as the season progresses. Dawson Knox, James Cook, but I wouldn't be surprised if they want to add more on offense. And I think that could be a path with the defense banged up to be able to add more firepower and outscore teams if they have to, which they've shown they could do over the years. But facing the Giants, New York at 1-4, and four, off to the line doesn't look like it. will get Andrew Thomas back. We've seen how important he is to the team since he's been out. Daniel Jones had a neck injury last week. Thankfully, doesn't sound too serious, although they could be secretive, but he says it's not like the injury he was dealing with a couple of years ago that had some concern over his career. Saquon Barkley, still dealing with a high ankle, was limited yesterday. It might be an uphill climb for him to play this week and non-ideal situation going to Buffalo now. 
And then finally, Monday Night Football, a really good one. Cowboys face the Chargers. Former Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore now coordinating with the Chargers. So that's a story to watch. Dallas, I think they just, for some reason, the Niners just have their number. It could just be like that sometimes between teams. Dak Prescott called it the most humbling loss of his career, probably. I think they need to get CeeDee Lamb going and play through him more. There's been talk that he's not a number one receiver or something I've seen. I definitely don't agree with that. I think he's a total monster of a player. I think they could get him going more against the Chargers this week on Monday night. The defense will be determined and angry after they're adding last Sunday night. However, it's worth noting that teams that go up against the Niners, because of how physical they are, I guess, they typically don't fare that well in their next game, dating back to the last season. Something to keep in mind for Monday night. Facing a well-rested Chargers team off their bye. Should be healthier with Austin Eckler back at running back. Joey Bosa should be healthier on defense. Derwin James at safety. We'll see what happens during the first practice of the week today at some point. Hopefully he can play. Definite shootout potential on Monday night. And should be another fun one in week six. And for Dallas, hopefully Leighton and Vander Esch suffered a neck injury in the loss last week. Has had neck issues throughout his career. Hopefully somehow okay, but there is some thought that he's going to be out a while with his neck issue. And we'll see. The Cowboys could be another team that hits the trade market at some point before the deadline on Halloween. So yeah, it should be a good schedule. Again, remember, last London game. We'll have some Germany games next month. The last London game of the season, 9.30 a.m. Eastern again on Sunday. Thursday night and Sunday night games. It might not be great on paper. Maybe they could be closer than anticipated. Aside from that, I think a really good schedule in week six. Should be entertaining. So enjoy all the games. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.